0: and
1: how you guys doing monday man hopefully you guys are doing good right now hopefully you had a good uh, weekend of riding and i know i did man it was refreshing to get out there and ride with some good weather finally here in northern illinois today we're going to be talking about the bandito massacre up in canada for those that don't know the history, it was uh, 2006, I believe, uh, with the Bandito Massacre that held happened in Shuddin. And uh, sad state of affairs, man. The Canadians in the United States has a totally different type of MC culture up there. Now, a lot of those Banditos uh, that switched up from up north were Rock Machine. And I don't know if you guys know, but the Great Rock Machine versus the Hells Angels War of the 90s, it was pretty damn bad up there. Uh, they had rocket launchers, grenades, they were just going back and forth at each other. And it, that war has a long history uh, with what happened up in Canada. Now... Again, the eight that were massacred, they used to be Rock Machine. Uh, They went from Rock Machine to Banditos. And you're going to see a photo later on. Even a couple that were Banditos just for a couple months, they decided to go and join the Hells Angels. Now, the way the Hells Angels took over Canada is a very interesting uh, subject very interesting that we're going to have to do a series on that one Uh, because you had Popeyes out there. They were one of the majors and then they flipped. Uh, It was a bunch of, uh, you know, flipping little clubs, big clubs. And then it just went into this rock machine war and it was just crazy. But the two different cultures are amazing to me because, you know, some of them don't have bikes. And there's mostly most do, but that wasn't a requirement back in the 90s because it was more like a turf war, drug war type of deal that happened. But when you see something like this, and we're going to go through a video in a minute to give you all the background of what happened, it's just amazing that you're fellow so-called brothers would do something like that i'm talking uh it's just like some of the newspaper articles said it was an assembly line what would happen is they'd leave one after another outside and shoot them you know i don't know uh what was going through their mind at the time if they were cranked up the reason why they wanted to do this uh you know there's only speculation As far as the media is concerned, and there's a lot of speculation that came out of trial in the video, you'll see one of the head guys, he was being interviewed. You'll be able to see the captions of what he had to say. I just can't imagine that doing to a a fellow brother or so-called brother something like that, because that's insane. You know, I don't know if club politics need to go that far. But again, there's a lot of stuff that happens in clubs that ain't in the general public. And how they handle things is how they handle things. It's just the way it is, man. Just the way it is. You know... Oh, before I forget, man, make sure you subscribe and like the video. And pound rock on, by the way. Yeah. Pound rock on. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. ...getting through that stuff anyway... (laughs) ...I've always believed in going the right route... ...when you're doing something... ...I believe... ...the territories are the dominance... ...you go up there... ...you know, you sit there... ...you get a blessing... ...that's the way how things go... ...it's not like that up in there in Canada... ...and you know what... ...it might not be like that over in the UK... ...or Europe... Even though, if you listen to Dibber in the Wind, my God, dude, he's like an encyclopedia for protocol over in England. They're actually a lot more hardcore in England regarding tradition, protocol, and all that kind of stuff than we are here in the United States. It seems like, damn, man, you guys got that shit together over there. Uh, you know, he would used to come out and say, well, that wouldn't have happened here, that wouldn't happen there. So, I really encourage you guys to go over to Diver in the Wind. He's over in the UK. He got a lot of good videos out there that talk about this kind of stuff. So, we're going to go and get into this business right now with the uh, Banditos. Uh, we're going to go over a little backstory of this uh, through one. You know what? OnePercenter.com is actually becoming a really good freaking. Uh, go-to source and i always say it's not 100 percent perfect but they do get a lot of freaking things right and it seems like they do a hell of a job trying to research these subjects uh they're trying to research a lot of club history which is real important man for those that never been around a club they gotta understand the history before you can give your two cents if you know what i mean don't ever give your two cents if you haven't been around it never went through the club deal you don't know the history you don't know the politics the whole nine yards so let's go on over to uh this video and we'll be right back
0: from one percenterbikerscom the shed and massacre sometimes also referred to as the bondito massacre was the killing of eight men associated with the Bandidos Motorcycle Club just outside the town of Shedden, Ontario, Canada in April, 2006. Some of the men charged with the murders were also members of the Bandidos. Shedden Massacre, the town of Shedden. Shedden is a small town located in Elgin County, which is in southwestern Ontario, Canada. The bodies were found on a 40-hectare property a couple of miles from the town centre. The property was owned by Russ and Mary Steele, who by all accounts had no affiliation with any motorcycle club. Shed and Massacre Backstory Those killed were related to the Bandidos Toronto chapter referred to as the No Surrender Crew, many of whom had patched over from the Loners MC. The Bandidos did not have a strong showing in Canada with a Toronto chapter and a Prospect chapter in Winnipeg. This particular crew did not have strong ties with the leadership of Bandidos Nation. The Hells Angels had the dominant presence in Ontario at the time of the killings. This fact would then drive some of the motive rumours that followed the event. Shed and Massacre, Timeline 7 April, 2006, an evening Bandidos Motorcycle Club meeting is held at the farmhouse of Bandidos member Wayne Kellistine, located in the town of dutton slash dunwich in Elgin County, Ontario. According to trial testimony, seven of the eight victims were held captive for several hours being being taken outside, at which point all eight were executed. 8 April, 2006, close to dawn the bodies of the victims are placed in cars and driven 10 miles to the town of Shedden where the cars are dumped in a field. 8 April, 2006, Russ and Mary Steele find multiple vehicles parked on the grounds of their property and call the Ontario Provincial Police to investigate. The police arrive and discover eight bodies inside the vehicles. 2001 Volkswagen Golf, Silver 2003 Infinity SUV, Gray Pontiac Grand Prix, Gray Chevrolet Silverado tow truck, owned by the Superior Towing Company, Green. 10 April, 2006, a first round of arrests are made. Wayne Kellestine, Brett Gardner, Frank Mather, Eric Niesen and Kerry Morris are each charged with eight counts of first-degree murder. 5th of May, 2006, charges against Eric Niesen and Kerry Morris are reduced to being accessories after the fact. 16th of June, 2006, Michael Sandum, Dwight Mushy, and Marcella Aravena are arrested and charged. 9th of January, 2007, a preliminary hearing begins. The hearing runs until 21st of June, 2007. 31st of March, 2009, the murder trial begins. 29th of October, 2009, the jury returns their verdict. Shed and Massacre, Victims. John Mussadier, Bandidos Canada President, El Presidente, George Jessam George Cryaracus Luis Raposo Francesco Salerno Paul Sinopoli Jamie Flans Michael Trotta. Shed and Massacre, Accused. Charged with 8 counts of first-degree murder. Michael Sandham, Bondidos Winnipeg Chapter President Wayne Kellistine, Bondidos National Sergeant-at-Arms and former member of the Loner's Motorcycle Club. Frank Mather Brett Gardner Dwight Mushy Marcelo Aravena. Also charged with eight counts of first-degree murder, but later reduced to being accessories after the fact. Eric Nies and Kerry Morris. Shed and Massacre, Motives. The following are some of the motives which were suggested at the time, most of which will obviously be completely untrue. Bandidos-Winnipeg Prospect Chapter were ordered by Bandidos Nation leadership to take the patches of the Bandidos-Toronto Chapter. This then got out of hand and resulted in the Bandidos Massacre. The Bandidos had reached an agreement with the Hells Angels to leave the territory. The victims refused. Victim Jamie Flans towed a seemingly abandoned vehicle as part of his tow truck job. The car was owned by the Hells Angels and inside was a bag with hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of cocaine. Jamie Flans then tried to sell the drugs. Shed and Massacre, Investigation, Trial and Verdict Jeff Pike, the Bondidos International President, was questioned by Canadian law enforcement about the murders as they suspected that the killings may have been ordered by the leadership of the Bandidos Motorcycle Club, however he was never charged with any offences. At the time of the shooting Jeff Pike had only been the Bandidos el Presidente for around a year after the previous president George Wedgers went to prison on federal racketeering charges in 2005 George Wedgers who was still in prison at the time of the Bandido massacre was known for not wanting to rapidly expand the Bandidos into new territory A preliminary hearing began on 9th of January 2009 in London Ontario and did not conclude until 21st of June 2009. It was determined that all charges would proceed. The murder trial began on 31 March, 2009 in London, Ontario, with all men pleading not guilty. A bondito witness who was only identified as M. H., provided detailed information at the trial about the night of the killings. In return for the testimony they were granted immunity as well as entry into the witness protection program. The jury returned their verdict on 29 October, 2009. Wayne Kellestine, eight counts of first-degree murder. Michael Sandam minus eight counts of first-degree murder. Dwight Mushy minus eight counts of first-degree murder. Frank Mather, seven counts of first-degree murder, one count of manslaughter. Marcelo Aravena, seven counts of first-degree murder, one count of manslaughter. Brett Gardner, six counts of first-degree murder, two counts of manslaughter. All were sentenced to life in prison with no parole for at least 25 years.
1: Okay, there you have the the background, the timeline from 1percentbikers.com of how all this went down. Scary stuff, isn't it? These are supposed to be your so-called brothers and stuff like that, and... It just wasn't happening, if you ask me. Now, there's an interesting deal here, again, on uh, 1percentbikers.com. And something that I didn't know, the Canadians actually were able to talk to Jeff Pike. Now, if you know Jeff Pike, uh, he was caught up in that Rico storm where he was turned on by everybody and anybody, even including the uh, National Sergeant-at-Arms, But they believe that the killings may have been ordered by the leadership of the Bandito Motorcycle Club. However, he was never charged with it, as everybody knows, uh, because at that time, he was only uh, the El Presidente for around a year. Now, the previous president, George Weigers, he went to prison on federal racketeering charges in 2005, and it was him... That they were zeroing in on because, according to 1%Bikers.com, he did not like, he was more old school. He didn't like all the expansion, especially internationally. Let's take a little look at who he is and stuff. Uh, Waggers was, uh, or Weegers, was the international president of the club. Uh, Pike was the vice at the time. El Presidency, blah, blah, blah. He moved the headquarters from Texas to Bellingham with Washington, although although the Banditos will always consider Texas uh, the uh, outlaw motorcycle club, uh, Thale. His preference, it says here, was to slow down expansion and internationally. He had no desire to flood the clubhouses with new patched members just to boost the Motorcycle Club's membership. He was a fan of keeping the media or the club out of the media, laying low, and he is retired. And you got to think to yourself, the guy pretty much knew what the hell he was doing, because when you get on an international scale, or even if you get it on a national scale, There's a lot more moving parts, a lot more law enforcement uh, breathing down the back of your neck. And, you know, I hate to say it, but from what you read and what you hear about uh, the Canadians, and I'm not trying to, you know, throw anybody under the bus, they just do things a lot different. Let's just keep it there. They do things a lot different. Now, from my understanding, it was the Nor- uh, Norwegians, because they were just coming out of uh, the Great Nordic War, which we'll cover, and they were the actual sponsors of Canada. If You know what? I might have my facts messed up, but that's my understanding as I've read it, that they were the sponsors, but under uh, this international president, he, was, he wasn't too keen on it. So... Basically, they're saying in the newspapers that he was the one that wanted this done. At the same time, it's hard to believe something like that because they were they were full-patch members. Nobody's ever going to know for sure what that went down except the people that were there. Now, let's take a look at this, some photos here. As you can see, this is the Canadians. And they were the former Alberta Rebels. They were uh, celebrating becoming uh, banditos. Uh, Within months, though, within months, most joined the Hells Angels. You know, that's kind of weird, them going bouncing back and forth and stuff like that in a, a short time period. That's why I say it's a different culture up there. Some of the other pictures of things found, you know, the guns... Uh, Then they, of course, found diagrams of where the patches are supposed to be, uh, how they're supposed to be set up, 30 millimeters, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, Here's some of the pictures from the actual place where the killings happened. Uh, They got stuff pointed to them. You know what, I'm guessing bullet holes. Uh, Then there's the outside of the house right there, you know, it's kind of burnt down looking uh, crappy and stuff. Uh, What else, we got that 380 up there, and then of course there are some of the pictures of the guys who died on this one, and this is uh, banditomassacre.com, and there's actually books written about this, and I believe that, hold on a second here. No, this was Peter Edwards, Uh, the Annihilation or the Annihilator. I believe that one guy that goes around right now, he helped set up the the Banditos up in Canada. But let's talk about this. This was uh, 2016, and that was 10 years after they were wiped out. And how they put this, well, we all know with the media, they're going to be all, you know, drama. Because the first sentence that starts out is they had nicknames like Weiner, Boxer, Taz, Little Mikey, Bam Bam, Chopper, and Crash. Uh, And they were connected to the Toronto, the chapter, which I'm thinking, uh, they're the ones that speak French, right? (laughs) Because they do do things a little different up there. And that was Ontario's uh, worst uh, mass killing. This right here, if you could uh, equate to like the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. The Saint, They had more that died than the massacre, but what the difference was they lined them up against a wall and they took out a bunch of Tommy guns and pumped them full of bullets. Here, what they did was they got the people to the place... And next thing you know, they let them out one by one and shot them. Uh, I don't know why the hell they didn't freaking, you know, what if you're going to go out, wolf pack these suckers, everybody go for somebody and take it out. Uh, but it was orchestrated by this little stringly ass guy, Wayne Weiner Uh He was the former president of the Banditos Toronto chapter. And he uh, became convinced that he could cease uh, control of the U.S.-based biker gang's uh, Canadian operation. And they come back to uh, a lucrative trade in methamphetamine uh, only by wiping out most of his fellow Toronto members and then pinning the killings on the Hells Angels. So that's what he was going to do, was pin it on them. But all this to seize methamphetamines don't sound like brotherhood there doesn't at all of course he was arrested within days and you've seen during that video that yeah he was there getting interviewed and stuff and later on it was called an uh, execution assembly line at the far- it was at his farm uh, outside of shed in uh let's see here you had uh let's see a kid was 28 years old he was a new, uh, newlywed and a former rugby player with no criminal record who was trying to make a more respectable. So 28-year-old kid, then a 31-year-old, 41. So they really died young, just over this BS where he thought he was going to be able to take control of the uh, Canadian uh, drug trade. Uh, this was the no-, no Surrender Cruise, what they went by. What else we got in here? Then it talked about how they let him out and all that type of stuff. Uh, then, uh, let's see here, tracking a killer gun. This actually came out in 2013. The ATF was involved in this. That's probably why they got a hold of Pike and talk to him and stuff like that. Uh, but they were tracing that through the data, uh Database. Uh, that was actually at there. And then in 2016, the six that were jailed hoped that the Supreme Court of Canada would let them appeal their A convictions. Canada, totally different jibe than here in the United States. When they say life, most of the time, you're able to get out within 25 years. Where life here, you got to do either 80 or 100 time. And let's see here, going all over his stuff, going all over it again, Uh, a London lawyer who represented a former police officer charged with eight counts of first degree said that the marathon trial at the London courthouse was a a once-in-a-lifetime experience, it was like a PhD in criminal law, it goes in eight members uh, from Toronto were murdered at, well, it seems like this Wayne needs his ass hit. All were shot, they were stuffed in abandoned vehicles. Uh, One day before the 10-year of the discovery, the Supreme Court of Canada said it would not hear the appeals of three of the six men convicted of killing their fellow bikers, bringing the long legal saga to close. So basically, they're going to have to do their twenty-five. I do not know if they got life without parole up there. I don't know that. I haven't seen something where that would be the case. Uh, You know, I'm just being truthful out there. It's a lot different way of doing stuff than we're used to. But this goes to a good point where you have a few guys. They want to make the money in meth. Next thing you know, it tears a whole entire club apart. That's why, in my belief, you got to be close. Screw all the freaking politics, screw all the money. You know, you want to have a good, you know, core group of guys, and something like this wouldn't happen. You know, I just feel sorry for the one kid, man. He was a newlywed, he was trying to make them good. And next thing you know, he ends up with a bullet and he's stuffed in a damn trunk. Now, does this happen? It happens on the streets all the time. It really does. Now, you wouldn't see something like that because we covered the Lenoxville one with the Hell's Angels. And now this one, both in Canada where you really haven't seen that kind of massacre here in the United States. Now, Twin Peaks is a whole different type of story. That was two groups going at, it, uh, at each other. But this is the same clubs going at each other. The same ones that are supposed to be brothers and stuff like that. And both of these happened in Canada. So I don't know what they're putting in the water up there. I have no freaking idea what they were thinking. So, but that is the massacre of eight of their own, man. You guys got to let me know what you think in the comments section of the description box or wherever you're at. So, but hopefully you guys are gearing up, getting ready for spring and all that good stuff. I, you know what? This weekend was really cool, man. Uh, we had a subscriber come out, visit us. That was a fun damn time uh dip some poles in the water even though all we caught was rocks and freaking seaweed them damn fish weren't freaking biting this morning man let me tell you that sucked you know because i'm a big fisherman i love that fishing stuff but it is what it is but anyway uh don't forget uh right after this uh, segment china dow's right in the studio we're gonna get going uh leave what you uh think and if you have anything you'd like me to cover, man, go ahead and just email me at info at insane biker And don't forget, we also got the country station going up because, you know, a lot of guys don't like rock and roll anymore. I'm sad, but uh, you to hear that in the discord server with that, I'll uh, see you over there on the radio, man. We'll be going till about nine thirty.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm in the
1: mood for something just a little bit wild. God! Now or never. Here it comes.
0: Take yourself on a journey into the unknown. Yeah! Are you ready? Attention. We
2: came. We saw. We kicked it. That's hey. Hey. thirty-five. Friday Rock. This
1: is good stuff. I want to share something with you. You're listening to Motorcycle Madhouse Radio WMMR-DB Rockford, and how you guys doing? Welcome to the second half of the show. I got my China doll in the house. And boy, was she a China doll this weekend, man. Very, very fragile. Kind of scared Hollywood to death here. Uh, Friday, she had her second shot of the COVID vaccine. Uh, Was doing good. Then all of a sudden went bad. Uh, She was really dehydrated. Uh, She had to go to uh, the ER and stuff. Get there so two bags of freaking uh what is that that water stuff and then some potassium and uh you scared the shit out of me which ain't cool i should like murder you just for that one sorry (laughs) it happens it happens you're doing good today though
3: yeah yesterday was good and today's good i'm I'm okay what the hell happened i don't know it was weird I was drinking Gatorade, so I don't understand the dehydration thing, but I guess it wasn't enough.
1: Right. want to welcome WBC uh, or WBMC Cloaker to the Discord server. Uh, Go ahead and join us in the Madhouse radio room, if you would. Uh, But I got some uh, concerns, and usually I'm a funny fucker. But, uh, I got some concerns right now. Uh, there's some people fucking with people in Discord that, uh, I don't like. I don't like it. No, and we need to and find out. here you are, the one supposed to be running this motherfucker, and it ain't going on. It ain't happening good. I can't control what happens in, n-
3: not in general or any of the other rooms. So
1: inquiring minds want to know right, and I want to know who this is. Well, you know, members of the throttle club are first and foremost, I hate to be a dick, but uh, my throttle members, they're you know, we got a really good core uh, group of people in the uh, throttle club. And when I get uh, something from them uh, they can't be on anymore or this and that, it pisses me off. Yeah, when we're Because I'm kind of protective of my Throttle members. When we're being told they have to step away from Discord for a while,
3: inquiring minds want to know.
1: So, uh, you know who uh, emailed me that. Uh, get your ass back, uh, you know, because you've been with me a long damn time, and uh, I'd appreciate uh, hearing from you, uh, especially when people are being threatened with 200 bikers out of a club. I want to know that way I can... Uh, The situation, you know, I'll try it exactly. I'll try to do it in a nice way. But uh, anyway, I'm really glad that you're all right. I see my sister-in-law that freaking Dick T's is in uh, the house right now. Uh, She got Hollywood pretty upset right now, man. She does. I got to admit it. You know, she had a beautiful friend. I wanted to trade you in and I don't see her no more. What the hell's going on with this? Who, the friend? Yeah, the friend. I don't see her no more. I don't see no boobies. <laughs> I don't see no ass waving my uh, freaking face.
3: <laughs> yeah, she asked last night, do I need to explain? I'm like, no. <laughs> no. It's fine.
1: Why would she need to explain? Explain to who? Me. <laughs>
2: well, fuck you. I don't care about what
1: you think. I only know I like to fucking see some titties. <laughs> you know, it's bad enough I look at a flat chest all day, but hers was nice and round and nipply. Her freaking nipples could cut glass, man. And here Hollywood is thinking, man, if I was her kid, I'd be breastfeeding until I was 18 on them son of a bitches. <laughs> You would. I would. You're in your 40s. You'd still be breastfeeding. You're damn right. I would be. (laughs) He's going to town on them things. Mm. Yes. (laughs) You know she's up in that car and shit like that, (laughs) and she knows Hollywood's good looking because every girl knows I'm a good-looking guy. Yeah, so you think they love my (laughs) personality? You know, you women always say you're looking for personality. Well, Hollywood has that personality. (laughs) And... I don't know, man, if they heard it, but uh, there was some pounding under the table during that show, man. Like, holy shit, I should just pound right here. Well, they wouldn't have heard it. You're untouched to talk, so. (laughs) (laughs) They wouldn't have heard you doing it. So I got to find out her name. You know, your sister, you know, your sister shouldn't be worried about explaining to you. uh, No, it don't work that way. You know what? She did that on purpose. You know what? She gave Hollywood blue balls because you women, are fucking vipers. It happens.
3: It yep. it's just happens. And the fun part is, is yeah, you might have gotten blue balls, and you know, I didn't do anything to help that either. So,
1: well, no, <laughs> man. <laughs> I shouldn't have to be out there beating my freaking pecker like it owe me money. That it just that just is not right, and you know what the anti anti viper league has some freaking traitors in it, man. You know what? I think they're hypnotized by you people, man. It's just like them cobras, you know. The cobras, you know what? You can hypnotize a cobra, but that motherfucker's hypnotized you too.
3: We're pretty good at it. You're
1: damn right, you are, man. We hypnotizing you with our Jedi mind tricks. That's a Jedi mind trick, shit, man. <laughs> or is it the boobs? Well, you don't have any boobs. Okay, well, I don't count with that aspect, though. You know, one of these days, I'm going to take my, uh, you know, I have that blow up air mattress for the back of the truck where, you know, I can camp. and stuff. So
3: you're saying you're going to use your air compressor in the garage? Yeah. On
1: my boobs. On your boobs to see if it works. It's not going to work. I blow on my thumb every day. It doesn't help. Well, at least you're blowing on your thumb. Uh, Try it. <laughs> but we had a good weekend this weekend. We did, other than Friday. <laughs> Other than you know, well my weekend was good. Yours was Sunday, uh because Friday and Saturday you were a schluck. And you know, Hollywood took care of her, okay? I was a good Hollywood I, you know what, I should have just gave her a fucking bell to ring because she was crying like a bitch the whole time. And they say fucking men are crybabies when they're sick. But anyway, I had an awesome weekend. Uh, we went for a ride uh, yesterday. I took you. Mm-hmm. And you know, and we met J-Man. We met J-Man out there, yep. you know, Honey Bun. Mr. Uh, Mr. Honey Bun. <laughs> you, know, J- you know what, there's a funny story behind that one. Uh, J-Man came up. You know, he rode all the way from fucking Iowa. uh, Not Iowa. Ohio. They're the same fucking thing, man. (laughs) Anyway, they all got fucking corn. Uh, You all know how I hate fucking corn, man. (laughs) But anyway, he rides up here. Uh, Big D rode up here, too. (laughs) I got to work on Big D, though. His riding... He comes out here on a fucking trike with a trailer. I'm sitting here, I'm looking over to my buddy, like, God damn, man, I'm in slow fucking motion here. You know, I'm usually, you know, we usually go 80, 90 miles an hour and mm-hmm, shit. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, I'm looking back and I was like, where the fuck are they? And they're like, way back there. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? You know, because we ride hard and you know we got through fucking rockford the armpit of the northern illinois and shit like that and we went over them rough ass fucking tracks on route two and next thing you know his linkage falls out and shit and uh me and uh, my buddies riding around looking for him because you got the one-way fucking streets and shit cops are fucking following us it's like great well i'm gonna get fucking pulled over you watch it's my luck uh so yeah man it was like looking back and but we you know we chalked it up to you know him pulling a trailer and shit like that gotta leave that fucking trailer home next time man uh but i really loved uh spending time with jay man that was kick-ass uh so what's the honey bun story oh the honey bun story see i forget man that's a jedi mind trick you're playing on me uh we went uh to route Two. we was sitting next to the rock river past uh Rockford right and we sit down and stuff I know he's been traveling he's probably hungry and next thing you know he pulls out a fucking sandwich and shit and a fucking honey bun well my wife packed me honey buns I looked over and I said yeah that's your new nickname honey bun (laughs) (laughs) I think it fits (laughs) so
3: J-Man is officially honey bun honey bun
1: (laughs) Because, you know, Greg, Greg's my fishing partner. Yeah. Uh, he's Cupcake. Yeah, Greg is Cupcake. I don't know what it is <laughs> with sweets, but these guys getting their nicknames and right. So, anyway... You know, they're camping out and stuff like that. You know, I love camping, but I didn't stay. What I find funny is I heard they
3: were in, in their own tents, and they were talking back and forth to each other from the tents.
1: You know what? I think that was a good thing, because I was a little <laughs> worried. I was worried. You know, before I left, I had to tell them no pulling each other's peckers. That, oh, ain't, that yeah. ain't cool.
3: Yeah.
1: Ain't cool. Uh, so i i also had a great experience at that campground you know how i am i'm a history buff and shit like that yeah so the park host he's an old vietnam bet but he was a sailor and he served on the coral sea i was like and we were just going back and forth you know i love putting models together of ships and the the knowledge I gained from them was unbelievable. That's why I always tell you know the guys in the clubs go to the Vietnam Air guys. That way you'll learn everything you want to learn. They're not going to sit there and bullshit you or any of that stuff. And Geo broke back mountain camping with Big D. <laughs> <laughs> Always has to throw me off. <laughs> Always has to throw me off. <laughs> Thanks, Gio. I don't know. Uh, you know, you got to ask uh, Honeybun about that, uh, Geo. You know, what they do in their personal business is what they do in their personal business, man. That ain't on me, man. Uh, you brought it up, so don't get pissed at me, Jay, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I
3: also heard that they were both on Discord, too, that night.
1: Oh, yeah, they were? Yeah. But that's one thing that pissed me off. I, You know, me and J-Man chilling and shit like that. And next thing you know, D's on the motherfucking phone. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You're camping. Well, yeah, that, you know what? Leave your phones at home when you're camping. Me, I leave my phone except if I have to take it on a ride. I can't stand a cell phone. I'll leave it. Mm-hmm. You got your phone? Okay, bye. I- I'll leave my phone. That's why people say, well, why don't you answer?
3: That's because I don't like that motherfucker. That's why. Because when we're out riding, the only one that has their phone is me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you needed to get a hold of them, you'd have to
1: get a hold of me. And you know what's worse this weekend? Hmm. This is why I like my fucking boulevard. You know, I miss my boulevard because it's in the shop right now. But there was 50 to 60 mile uh mile per hour wind gust it was terrible Mm -hmm. you know uh, sitting there riding fucking deuce my bike's almost because i got the two solid fucking wheels it's a fat boy and i'm getting pushed like a fucking sailboat (laughs) i'm like what the fuck i'm almost sideways here (laughs) that's why i'm glad i didn't have you with me oh saturday oh my god it was terrible yeah You you try riding fucking deuce at fucking 80 miles an hour fucking going sideways. You know, at least if I had the fucking boulevard it had the spokes wheel and it was a heavier bike, it wouldn't have done that shit. They tried killing Hollywood last night. I think the old man upstairs pissed off at me. (laughs) I think he's pissed off because your sister-in-law...
3: Your sister-in-law. Whatever. My sister.
1: I don't know. I'm mad at her. (laughs) I'm pissed.
3: It happened. Showed a
1: bunch of titties, and I didn't get none, and he said, you know what? Hollywood, when you're shown titties, you're supposed to get some, and you didn't get any. So he he's pissed off at me. It's all because of her. Next thing you know, he tried to blow me all over the fucking road, man. He's trying to give you a blow-and-go. That's what's supposed to happen to you. You know what? I love it. I started a movement, man. Uh, a couple, uh, One of our sub- uh, subscribers, yeah. they put blow and go on their helmet. I know. And, and he was making TikTok videos, believe
3: it or not, just of him riding. And I'm looking, and you could see it on his helmet right here. So, of course, I had to write in there, hashtag blow and go. <laughs>
1: hashtag blow and go. And he goes, hell yeah, you know how we are. You know what? I'm gaining a lot of followers because they believe in my mission. They believe for far too long, women have had control over them. It's time to take your balls back, gentlemen. It's very easy. You know, it, you know your women might get pissed at you, but you know what you got to do? Man up. Man up and take them balls back. Say, who the hell are you talking to? You gotta do a Hollywood. It, you know what? They might put you in the doghouse for a while, but that's when you say, you know what? You keep me in this doghouse and treating me like a dog. I'm gonna go act like a dog and to get me some freaking poodle or some shit. A poodle? Yes! You're sick.
3: I'm going to go get me another woman. Oh, yeah. Please say another woman. Yeah, but if you guys are
1: treating us like dogs, you know, say you're treating, you know, I'm a pretty motherfucker, so I got to be a pit bull or a freaking German shepherd. I'm going to get out of my doghouse and I'm going to go fuck something. That's what you got to tell them. Well, you know what? Keep on, you know, messing with me. I'm going to go out and fuck somebody else. And they're going to sit there and say, you know what? Don't do that, honey. I'm sorry. And you know I'm fucking right. You know I'm right. As soon as... Don't you sit there and fucking lie to this audience. You know as soon as a man stands up, takes back his fucking balls then tells them you know what fuck you i can go get somebody else unless you an ugly motherfucker then you ain't getting nothing man you gotta settle for what you got and sit there and give them your balls if you're ugly but anyway you tell them i'm gonna go fuck somebody And they, you gotta put them in their place gentlemen <laughs> put them in their place you gotta remember men are the boss You people over time have fucking forgot this uh, information here. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why did you forget that you had the balls? The dick go is inserted into the poontang. That means a woman catches. Unless you're a freak and you know you get into all that other stuff, man. Which you know uh, I don't know what to tell you at that point. Uh, But anyway. That's why it's inserted into them. Because you are the pitcher. The pitcher controls the field. But not nowadays. The catcher does. The catcher does. What the fuck?
2: (laughs) What happened?
3: The catcher officially controls the team.
1: (laughs) Right. That's always been the
3: pitcher. (laughs) Okay, okay. Yesterday... Tell me that was not funny when I found that big nut on the ground. Yeah. And I threw it I threw it on the railing at the at the lookout over at the big hill. And I'm like, Now I'm gonna put your nuts in my purse. And (laughs) that don't happen. And it was just a nut from, like, a bolt or something. Right. And you're like, shut the hell up. Then I got
1: your my sister-in-law looking at like she all innocent and shit. Don't play that fucking shit on me. Hollywood, he knows. <laughs> I ain't one of these motherfuckers that are going to give you my dick. Uh Uh-uh, that dick is mine. That's why you always, man, you gotta treasure your dick, okay? That's why I never understood people that walked around and just stick their dick in anything and anything, man. You know what? Instead of sticking your dick into a, uh, you know, a polluted pussy, go stick it in the hole, man. At least it's not gonna, you know, ooze green shit out of that dick you know you're gonna have to go get you know what there is some super freaking power gonorrhea out there that a shot don't work with any fucking more so what the fuck is wrong with you people going to stick your dick in without a freaking raincoat you gotta wrap them rascals man that way you don't get fucking a disease your dick will fall off then what happens when your dick falls off you don't get no more pussy what's wrong with you use your heads think
3: with your brain gray says he's trying to work and you're making him
1: spit coffee out his mouth <laughs> no gray star you're not supposed to spit coffee out of your mouth she's supposed to be spitting your guts out of hers <laughs> you know what you gotta do and you know what speaking of that men what the fuck is wrong with you when you're getting head, and you're about to blow, you're supposed to grab the back of his fucking head and make him freaking deep-throat and let him take the freaking juice. No, what you do, honey, I'm about to go. And she pulls off, man. That's <laughs> not a blow job, That's a half-finished job. <laughs> God. What the fuck is wrong with you men Wow You're supposed to just grab them by the fucking ears What's wrong with you <laughs> Honey I'm about to go oh! And she just pulls off like looking at your ass Stupid and stuff like that <laughs> That ain't blow
2: and go
3: <laughs> That ain't it Do you see Geo's picture
1: I love my honey bun. <laughs> look at Donna, left you a comment. Wait, how? it sounds like you walked around sticking it in everything. You might have lots of children waiting to knock on it. But I, you know what? I had a questionnaire before I fucked a woman. This is true. I had a questionnaire. Let me guess, are you on birth control? Are you on birth control? Yeah,
3: you miss one day or take antibiotics, you're screwed. You're are you getting... fucking anybody else? Because if you are, I'll rat the rascal. And a lot of times they lie, so continue on.
1: Yeah, and do you have any diseases? Because if you have disease, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut off your fucking head, and then I'm going to cut off your arms, I'm going to cut off your legs, and I'm going to bury them all over the fucking place. I'm going to burn your ass, because if you give me a burning feeling in my penis, I'm going to be pissed. So I always made sure, but I am a little worried, man. See, you gave me freaking nightmares one day when you said, you know, you might have other kids. I'm thinking, you know what? I did blow in a lot of broads. You know, it was just the thing to do. And I, well, I'm, luckily, if
3: you do, they're all above the age for child support by now. I hope so.
1: I'm wondering if I fucked any young chicks lately. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> That's why I was scared to fuck that one at the club. Because she was young. I didn't wrap my rascal in that. You know, she had a tight little thing. She was young. So I got to worry if Hollywood's out there. Little Hollywood. There might be. But she don't know my name, so she fucking does shit out of luck now. (laughs) Never leave. Hey, when you're going to have a one-night stand, guys, and I'm giving you advice here, that's going to fucking help you. Make sure you give them a fake name. You know, like, you know, your Brat Rumpa Wrinkle or some bullshit or Neo Maxi Doom fucking Dweeby. Well, what's that? That's just German, honey. Give them the wrong name. By the way, you said that wrong. Whatever. What did I say wrong? It's Neo Maxi Zoom Dweeby. Okay, so you know that. You know what you are. Anyway. You're uh, a
2: dumbass. <laughs>
1: You said it, not me. Do you know the movie that's from? Fuck no, I don't. Breakfast Club. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Don't try to get me off of my freaking rant here. I'm trying. You can't do it. (laughs) I'm trying to teach (laughs) these men to be men here, okay? (laughs) Don't don't ruin my freaking groove. You fucking vipers, man. I feel like it's all your vipers against me because my anti-viper league are a bunch of pussies.
3: Well, Sergeant Grinch says lesbians rule, so.
1: Lesbians rule? Mm-hmm. Well, it is great watching another woman eat another woman's muff out, you know. How many yeah. times I've seen that is like on run and But anyway, so, guys.
2: first <laughs> Sergeant Grinch
1: says he always tells every girl that he's Hollywood. <laughs> Thanks, asshole. <laughs> Who well, Hollywood did it, DNA test. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a fucking knock on the door. Yeah, and it's not going to be, it wasn't even, and then she'll be like, that's not Hollywood. <laughs> I'm his twin fucking brother, thanks. Anyway, why is it you women, see, it? Don't you can't do it because, you know, you get jerked. Like, don't you, where the fuck you think you're going? Uh, but other men with these women, I'm coming, honey, and they pull off. What the fuck is wrong with you guys?
3: I don't know, because you never say nothing.
1: I no man.
3: I just popped that motherfucker, dude. It's blow-and-go time. But the funny thing is, is I always know when it's going to happen. Well, You, you know, don't have to tell me.
1: Why is it other, why is other women say, let me know before you go? What the fuck is wrong with you guys? That's half ass job. That's false advertisement. You can't suck on somebody's pecker and just pull up. Because they don't want it down
3: that throat. They, they, they their intention is probably to spit it out. They're gonna spit no, if they're their gonna intention spit, was they're to... gonna
1: spit your kids in the pool. If their intention <laughs> was to spit it out they'd stick their asses down there but no, they wanna pull off and give a hand job. What the fuck is wrong with that? If I wanted a hand job I go to a freaking Asian masseuse and get a happy ending. What am I talking about? Asian masseuses they'll give good blowjobs and they know to stay on that fucking bagger. But you guys don't. I'm upset about this. I
3: I ain't, I ain't gonna lie. I I always end up you know trying to get higher up on it. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. Until you get until I get pushed back down. Yeah. <laughs> Where the fuck are you going? <laughs> you're like you ain't done. Get down there. <laughs> get down. You ain't done. I'll tell you when you're done. And what do you your signal when you're done? You're like you tap me. Okay, I'm good. Yeah, (laughs) I'm (laughs) good. I got to go back to work. And then what did I do the one time? Flicked your dick. Dude, that
1: must really hurt you because you're like, oh, don't do that again. Dude, I wanted to punch you in the fucking mouth. I flicked it. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Judas Priest, you got another thing coming.
2: it can go playing more music online this is your favorite radio
1: station all right we are back welcome back to the uh show it was all fun and games uh in the beginning of the show but i want to turn serious here for a minute i know i give you women hell out there but uh you know it's just in fun and stuff like that but when it comes to your looks you know what What's inside is the best thing, and I had to go through this with China Doll. It's been a fucking nightmare, let me tell you that. And it, you know what? In some part, it was my fault, but I want to talk about bariatric uh, surgery right now and the reason why you do not want to get it. Now, men... If you're with a woman and she's gaining some pounds, you got to stick with her. God knows I did with Chinadow because Hollywood was a playboy. But at the same time, I was one of the biggest pricks to her because I'd make little comments and stuff like that. And it makes a woman self-conscious about herself. And they go to an extreme to try to please you. And at that point they make themselves really fucking sick which ain't cool and in turn it kind of screws up the family life because she's always sick you get guilty and shit like that Uh, so there's no better than China to talk about this subject in its entirety but first I want to put out a PSA out there, there is a difference between YouTube and the radio station. The radio station broadcasts at ninety-eight megahertz, which is that's why you hear us so damn clear on the radio. YouTube broadcasts at 44 megahertz. Meaning I would have to go through all the bullshit to adjust all our programming for one or the other. I pre-record most of the s- segments on YouTube, which means I'll go, you know, one or two or three in a day and record them and then we'll go to the second part of the show. So, it gets tiring when you hear people on YouTube, well, fix your audio. Well, it's real easy. You can either turn it up or turn it down to your liking, but I can't go back and forth with our settings on the radio. So, with that, though, back to our serious subject here. I have been feeling like the biggest cunt since all this went down with her. She used to be a heavy girl. Uh, When I first met her, she was boom, ba, bling, and then you know she has a baby. When women has a baby, they get bigger, and sometimes when you have another baby, they get even bigger, and it's hard for them to lose the weight. So I would try to keep you know level headed about that kind of stuff. You know, if you love your woman, you love your woman because God knows they put up with our bullshit. Look at what Holly or China Doll has to deal with Hollywood's dumbass all the time. So let's talk about this and what are the pros? What are the cons? And i, I found with the actual uh, bariatric surgery, where they cut your fucking stomach apart, to be the worst kind. You know, I know there's the sleeve out there, and we'll talk about that. But uh, go ahead, China Dow, take it. I know you can talk about this.
3: Well, I had the full blown gastro bypass where they cut part of your stomach away from the rest of your stomach, and then they actually cut part of your intestines, which is why it's called the bypass, and rehook it up to your new stomach. And your new stomach is officially the size of a hard boiled egg. But then in my situation, and everybody's situation is different, just saying. My situation, my sister had issues with hers, but my situation, um, they don't tell you about this when I had it done over 10 years ago, that you shouldn't smoke. (laughs) Because if you smoke, you get ulcers. Well... And in
1: 2010, this was barely new.
3: Well, the only thing they offered back in 2010 was the full-blown gastro bypass or the lap band. But... Unfortunately for myself, I was on the medical card because I had the kids on the medical card. So the only thing they would cover was the full-blown gastro bypass. So I didn't get a choice. I had to give what they offered. Just saying. So, mm, three months, not even. God, probably what, a month after? Why did you do it? I did it because mm, a few reasons. I was getting way big and I tried every diet out there. I tried Jenny Craig. I tried Lean Cuisine. I tried Weight Watchers. Yeah, nothing was working. Nothing. I even went to a gym for a while. That didn't work. I like swimming. I tried that. It didn't work. Could not get rid of the weight for
1: anything I tried. And it's hard for people to lose (coughs) weight. It truly is. You know, one thing with me when I'm, you know, right now I'm on my diet again. I kind of got lazy because of that uh, shoulder injury where I was, you know, heavy weightlifting and stuff like that. And now I got to get my weight down again. Uh, But for some people, it's very hard to lose weight, even though they're doing all the right things. I was doing all the right things. Uh, I was following a strict diet
3: from the doctor because the doctor told me I had to follow a specific diet for a few months to see if that would work. Uh, Because you got to do... It's a year-long process before you even get approved for the gastric surgery. Any kind of bariatric surgery, it takes a little over a year to get approved. So I did everything I was supposed to. That and, you know, the little comments you hear... um, uh, if those don't know, I'm a licensed hairdresser, so I was cutting hair. And instead of people calling me by my name in the hair salon, I was the fat, funny hairdresser. So that got a little old. Little snide remarks from Hollywood every once in a while, you know, with the, the fat ass and...
1: Save uh, the whales. Save the, the whales,
3: harpoon a fat chick. And then he'd point at me saying, harpoon you. Uh, and he meant it to be funny, but when you're trying to work on your weight, yeah, it wasn't funny. Uh, and, and, and then, you know, the, every now and again, you would hear the shut the fuck up, you fat ass, you know. So you, words
1: matter, guys. Words matter.
3: Words, words do hurt, you know. Yeah, we may laugh it off at first or whatever, but no, they hurt. They do. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't fun. So I did it to, you know, and then I was high risk for diabetes because my biological father had it bad, had, had both legs amputated and gangrene set in, had to get them cut off. So I was worried and the doctor was worried because of the di- diabetes. So to avoid all that, he decided the doctor recommended gast- bariatric surgery.
1: And all them son of a bitches do is uh, they go into that field to make the money because it's big money. Yeah. And that's all. It's like an assembly
3: line. Yeah. Well, the doctor I went to was out of Gurney. I would never recommend this office for the life of me if I could remember the name. I'd have to actually look it up. I would tell you because this, this office was a bullshit office. I went there. Did everything I had to do, met all the nutritionists, they have you talk to a psychiatrist and a psychologist and like all these other people to be approved to make sure you're doing this for the right reasons and not the wrong reasons. So yes, me, I'm a smoker. Uh, About 30 30 to 60 days after the gastric bypass surgery, uh, I formed an ulcer in my new stomach that was Almost 100% blocking the entranceway to my stomach. It was just enough This ain't
1: an easy road.
3: No, it was just enough for a little bit of water to literally just trickle through. So everything I ate, everything I drank was being thrown up. I was severely dehydrated, malnourished, vitamin deficiency... If I'm not mistaken, and remember 100% because there was a lot of passing out involved because of all the issues. Um, well, a lot of trips to the ER, I tell you that, guys. It was like every week or two, 7 to 10 days, I think I was in the ER getting rehydrated and getting labs done. Um, I was getting B12 shots in my butt. Uh, I was taking multivitamins, which had to be chewables because I had a hard time swallowing them uh <laughs> so
1: it's it's a horrible experience uh, to say the least but the key points there are i feel responsible for some of that because uh, you know because i'm a funny fucking guy i like having fun but I, sometimes what i say hurts people And that's not your intention. No, it's not my intention. But at the same time, it's like I look at her today uh, or, uh, you know, another time and say, you know what, you need to eat a fucking sandwich. But she eats like a bird because of how small her thing is. She's hot as hell again. Problem with that, it came at a big cost. But I think the main, uh, you know, point of all this is men, you know, don't be that much of a dick, you know. Uh, Don't listen to Hollywood on a lot of that kind of shit. Uh, Because these women do have feelings. And when you, you know, you you hurt, they're emotional beings, okay? They're emotional. They're not like us where it rolls over our fucking shoulder. We really don't care what people say about us. But women do. And you got to step back and realize that in order to see what's happening. Now, I didn't, you know, she's always had a great personality. She's always been bubbly and my
3: personality yeah. right now is the same personality I had when I was the fat funny hairdresser. It hasn't changed. I've become a little bit more of a bitch. Yeah. But that's about it.
1: Now, there's uh here's the different type of weight loss surgeries. Uh, restrictive surgeries—they—that's what you had, uh, where they shrink the size of the stomach. A normal stomach can only hold uh, can hold three pints of food. That's a lot of fucking food. After the sh- uh, surgery, it can you know hold as little as an ounce, but it later could stretch out the two or three ounces. Mm-hmm. You know, which sucks because you went all, through all that pain, all that suffering. And next thing you know, you stretch back out the stomach and you're back where you're at. Yeah. Uh, Then there's the male uh, absorptive uh, restrictive surgeries. Uh, They give you a smaller stomach, which they had to do with you. Mm -hmm. And they remove or bypass part of your digestive tract, which makes your uh, body harder to uh, absorb nutrients. Even though you got your original stomach in there. Which does nothing. They can never reconnect.
3: No, it's actually uh, 10 times more deadly. Like, you could actually die if they reverse it. Mm -hmm. For me, what they ended up doing was going in for a second. I had the surgery in uh, March of 2010. November of 2010, I had reconstruction gastro bypass surgery, which consisted of... Removing the portion of my new stomach that had the ulcer. Mm-hmm. Thus, my stomach went from hard-boiled egg size to a
1: golf ball size. Right. And now, this is one thing I cannot believe that they're doing now, and it's the newest, is they implant an electrical device. It prompts weight loss by interrupting nerve signals between the stomach and the brain. And let me tell you, from somebody that has epilepsy... You don't start fucking with the brain, you know. You don't start uh, messing with the electricity that's going off because it of a misfire and stuff like that. So I don't believe in that uh, kind of steel. Uh, I think uh, the best thing if you want to go through something like this would be the gastric ba- uh, banding. What the l- the, el- the, el- the lap, lap band? The lap band.
3: There's an issue with the lap band though too. With the lap band, if you go and have the lap band done, there's many people out there that... Because what you have to do is every couple months, you have to have the band filled with saline. Mm -hmm. So if a holiday is coming up, guess what a lot of people do? They don't bother having their lap band filled so they can eat as much as they want Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then after the holidays, they go back Mm
2: -hmm. after
3: they probably put on a little bit of weight... They go back, and then they have the saline put back in. So, technically, they're defeating the purpose of having the lap band. hmm So.
1: But ain't it safer?
3: Uh, some say yes, some say yo. No, it's like a 50-50. A 50-50 type
1: mm-hmm. of deal? Yeah,
3: because you got to keep in mind with the lap band, you literally, right under the base of your skin, you're going to have a port. And sometimes, which I have... Witnessed going to all the bariatric doctors in the early years, um, the port moves, mm-hmm. so they have to find it with a ultrasound. Mm-hmm. So that could become a problem if it shifts the wrong direction to where they can't find it to inject the saline. Right. But like with me, it was just now. Do you hell. regret it? I do, and I don't. I regret it because of the fact that uh, all the hell that I've gone through, and I still go through because even though they removed the ulcer, um, I still I, I had another one form. So it's just not in a play. It's in an easier place where I can actually digest food, though. Mm-hmm. It's not blocking anything right now. And I've had over a 100 upper GIs in the past 10 years and they stretched my stomach to the point with the balloon that they can't do it anymore without tearing it. But I I don't have those medical issues. I gained other ones, so and I'm thinner. So it's like I'm on the fence. Would I recommend what I had done? No. I would not recommend getting gastro bypass. I would recommend going a different route. Um, only
1: well, it, it's like Morbick just said and uh, always love yourself if you're happy with you then fuck everyone else that don't like it and Donna says uh, she has the same curves and hell if you don't like that fuck you I'm healthy and you know what I think that's the attitude that a woman should be taking because you don't want to hurt yourself over looks you know look at what people do as far as cosmetic surgery Mm -hmm. they gotta try to change themselves in order to make other people happy when it could make them miserable right exactly
3: I think the biggest thing with me is I got very sad because the first thing, first place I lost my weight is my boobs.
1: Yeah, you used to have big boobs, but you know, I make... I had make, ginormous I make, boobs. I make fun of you because you got no boobies no but more. But see, I
3: started that myself,
1: saying that I'm CEO and founder of the Little Titty Committee. But <laughs> I actually enjoy the little titties. Uh, they're little things to play with, but, uh, you know, don't let your looks put you in a situation... Where you're going to hurt yourself a lot like this. Because it's been a fucking nightmare, I can tell you that. And it's an ongoing one uh, because they can't eat. And I can't imagine not having... it. She used to love having, you know, barbecue... uh, cheeseburgers and you know maxwell polishes and she can't do that anymore my body
3: rejects all meat all meat except i can eat chicken but it has to be
1: like diced super small right so don't be uh assholes out there men that's one thing i can tell you uh she just put in there what she used to be before and then after uh and mind
3: you that's the first picture was one week before my surgery, I was over 300. The second picture, and that was March of tw- of 2010, the second picture was November of 2010. My body, basically, because I couldn't eat, ate its own fat. Right. So those that have had gastric bypass or any other kind of surgeries, a lot of them have to have skin surgically removed. I got lucky. I still have loose skin, but... My body ate most of its own fat, so I didn't have all the extra skin.
1: Well, that's on there, man. You know, we had the funny half uh, of the radio segment. The second one half, uh, you know, uh, brings it full circle right there. Uh, Don't forget Thursdays at 7 p.m. I'm uh, on the radio with Rockin' with Hollywood. Uh, Appreciate all your support, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed the show today. Don't forget to pass us around, man, especially on YouTube. Share our videos and stuff. That helps us out a lot. Uh, but until then, hopefully you guys can go out there and ride today. It looks pretty shitty out here. It's uh, supposed to rain here. Yeah, it's supposed to rain. Go fucking figure after a beautiful wind, uh, weekend for me. Anyway, we'll talk to you later. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.